0: everyone. Welcome to Where Are the Children? I am Tinkerbell, Paulette Pfeiffer, and I am a second-generation survivor of the Holocaust who has decided to make our life's work the children of prisoners. Where are the children? These are the children of prisoners. Where are they? Let's find out how and what happens to children of prisoners. I can give you some statistics. Two million prisoners in prison today in the United States. 2.7 million million children are the children of these prisoners. By the way, in miami date alone, there are 15,000 children who are children of prisoners and they're 70% more likely to go to prison. Hello, good morning. Welcome to Silent Victims of Crime, a program that addresses all issues regarding the children and where they are. Where are the children? So, are we the silent victims of crime? all of us are the silent victims of crime, because unless we change the system, we all will be the silent victims of crime. So let's go for it, because our speaker today is Gus Castellanos, expert on mindfulness for the last, what, 30 years? So welcome, Gus. It's really our pleasure to welcome you here.
1: Thank you, Tinkerbell. It's a real honor to be here and uh, supporting what the work that you do that is so necessary and important in the, today's world. So glad to be here with you.
0: Great. So that everybody else who doesn't know who you are yet gets to know who you are, please give us a little bit of your background.
1: Yes, um, thanks. So I'm a retired neurologist. I practiced neurology and sleep medicine for 25, 26 years up in the Jupiter, Florida area. And I retired uh, 15 or 16 years ago, and a few years after that, I decided for a variety of reasons to start teaching mindfulness. I had some experience, so I was um, uh, introduced to people that then helped me to get trained and certified to teach mindfulness. So I'm a mindfulness-based program teacher and researcher now. I'm currently an adjunct instructor at Nova Southeastern University as well, where I do do mostly mindfulness work with them.
0: So you said you got started on mindfulness 15 years ago. How did you get exposed to it? What made you be interested in mindfulness?
1: Yeah, so I started teaching about 15 years ago. I came to mindfulness first in 1998 because at that time I was practicing medicine and having what would be called burnout, job-related stress nowadays, very well known in the physician world. Back then it wasn't well known, at least not to me. And I was doing the wrong things, the maladaptive behavior to cope with the burnout, it was making things worse. And coincidentally, a friend of mine brought mindfulness to Jupiter Medical Center where I was on staff and the head of the sleep center and et cetera. So I decided to join that class in 1998. The reason why I say it this way is because I got something very interesting that happened to me as a doctor. I experienced mindfulness for myself, and then I referred patients to the same program and heard their comments and feedback on how it helped them. So I had a first-person experience plus a third-person feedback That really helps solidify mindfulness in my mind as something that can be very useful.
0: Now, mindfulness is a word that seems to be thrown around quite frequently by a lot of speakers and a lot of people who are interested in mindfulness. Could you explain to us what you call mindfulness and what you do not call mindfulness?
1: Yeah. Thanks for that question, because that's a big one in our world. For those of us that have been doing this for a while, and I hope it doesn't come out as arrogance, but there's a lot of people who have co-opted the name as less than integrous reasons. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not trying to say that that's necessarily wrong, but it's confused the issue. And to begin with, there is no one definition of mindfulness. So that makes it even harder But most of the description, the definition uh, fall along the lines of being something about being in the present moment and intentionally paying attention to what's happening in the present moment as it's happening. So it's the awareness of what's happening right now as it's happening. And we also add cultivating positive qualities like friendliness, curiosity, kindness to the experience. So that you, when you run into a um, present moment that is not so pleasant, we don't beat ourselves up, add more suffering to it than needs to be. So, being in the present moment, aware of what's happening in the present moment as it's happening, with a friendly, non-judgmental attitude is the way I describe it.
0: Oh, and what isn't mindfulness?
1: Yeah, so that's a real good question because I get people coming to me all the time saying, "I can't do mindfulness because I can't sit still, my mind doesn't quiet, etc." mindfulness is about being in the present moment like i just said it's not about relaxation or achieving this perfect state or bliss feeling good or reducing whatever it is that you might be looking for mindfulness uh, into mindfulness for so if you're coming in let's say with anxiety or pain or blood pressure problems it's technically not to relieve so it's not a relaxation practice it's not a practice to quiet the mind it's not a breathing exercise it's not a religious thing It's just basically being in the present moment. But that said, when it's done over and over, particularly when you do it with well-trained groups or teachers, the blood pressure gets better, the sleep gets better, the pain gets better, your relationships get better, performance improves, cognitive skills. So all the things that you're looking for will get better, but we're not aiming for those things paradoxically.
0: I wish I could hear you telling me this every day because definitely I need to be reminded every once in a while that I have to be in the moment. And being in the moment right now makes me realize that Silent Victims of Crime and Gus Castellanos and 20 other volunteers are about to enter into a new phase of changing the way BOP is going to be operating by introducing the children and the parents to mindfulness. What do you have to say about that since you're going to be part of that?
1: Yeah, I could say a lot, as you know. But that's funny because, it's you know, I do some mindfulness work in a state prison. And we do say, we're we should be talking about being in the present moment, doing time by doing now is the way we word. Our, our group is actually called the Arrested Development Group of Mindfulness at the state prison. The idea here is, again, to be more present with what's actually happening in particularly a very stressful, to say the least, situation. That is full of surprises. And so to be more present, more aware, although it may sound not doable, scary, or uh, something that this is crazy, actually works. It helps not only with the inmates and the uh, incarcerated people to be more present for a while they're doing their time, but their relationships will improve with the people outside. So when they have visitations or when they're making phone calls. And so the capacity to be aware in the present moment is within us all. So it makes it that much simpler to be able to pass it on. But like you say, one of the hard parts about mindfulness is to remember to be present. And so that's where the training comes in, that reminder to constantly be in the present moment and not to give yourself hard time when you don't get in the present moment and not to beat yourself up when this goes wrong and this and that over and over and over. That's where the magic happens. I don't know how that happens. There's a whole bunch of theories and uh, neuroscience this and that, but I don't think anybody really knows.
0: You know, you're reminding me of uh, Wesley Saunders, who is one of our main uh, people that works with our children, and he teaches breathing. So every time I feel like I'm not in the present, I now remember that if I start breathing, I'm going to be in the moment. And therefore, seeing you, every time you speak or I see you, I'm going to be really aware to be in the moment. So, I'm hoping that in the prison situation where we are introducing the children to their parents so that they can have a relationship, we're hoping that they will be extremely mindful why they're there and what their role is right that moment, in every moment that they're there with their parent. For the parent to be aware that this is all about the children and for the children to receive all that love that maybe they haven't gotten since the parent was arrested. So, Gus, so thankful that you're going to be part of us because not only will you be introducing a couple of seconds of mindfulness when we first get to the prison so that we all know why we're there, but also watching to make sure that you assist others with remembering what it is to be there for a specific purpose that helps everyone, not only the the, the people that are there meeting each other, but also our volunteers that you will be training. So, Gus, thank you for all that. And can you please tell everyone how you believe that everyone can benefit from mindfulness?
1: Yeah, it sounds a little biased because this is my work. and It's actually beyond my work nowadays, obviously, because this is what I do beyond a career and a passion. I've seen it help so many different populations, including the prison work I go to. Your point's well taken about remembering intention. So it really has to start with an intention to remind us as we're going through this path, especially with mindfulness, we become more and more aware. You can become more aware of when you're having a hard time, when the anxiety floods you or the traumatic memories come up. You could say, why would I want to be more present with that? I want to weigh. I want to do the things I'm used to that may not be so healthy sometimes. So the intention will remind us to go back and say, I remember there's a bigger picture thing here. And then continuing to do the work to be present for each other, changing the inmates, the incarcerated people from the inside out, that will help their mental health, their coping skill, their resilience, their stress hardiness, as we say, from the one side, helping their relationship with their children, helping the children be more available and I don't want to say tolerant, but the kids will be also be more in tune to what's actually happening with their parents. So perhaps to be not so resistant or harsh with them. And then opening that up to an even bigger picture, which is would be influence the the guards and the administration, et cetera, and the whole BOP one day. So changing the system from the inside out. But also, if enough of us become mindful, more of us, more of us, like we say, we're all silent victims of crime in some capacity, changing the system from the outside in. Uh, the more that we're all more mindfulness on the outside of the prison system, the more likely that we'll not only be less likely to commit crimes and, you know, add into the prison system, but we'll be able to look at the, be a little bit more aware of how we can change the system that's we have right now to be more humane more just and not so punishing as it is right now so
0: well thank you because definitely you have the insight that most people won't have and that is you've been on the inside yes I have. now you're on the outside so inside out is exactly the advice that you can give the world so you're not just changing prisons you're changing the world thank you gus Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll have you back again because I think they're going to be calling us to tell us to do it again.
1: All right. Thank you, Tinkerbell. This is great. Appreciate it. Thank you for all your good work.
0: So thank you for listening. Thank you for loving us and for loving program that is called Where Are the Children? Be part of us. Tune in next month again. Love you all.